0: Welcome to the Scandinavian Mind podcast. I'm Conrad Olson, founder and editor in chief of Scandinavian Mind. My guest today is Jordana Guimarães, the Florida based co founder of Fashion Innovation. Fashion Innovation is a community and events platform that connects entrepreneurs and innovators to create change in the fashion industry. I'm impressed by the tenacity and joy with which she and her husband Marcelo have created their platform. In this conversation, Yordana talks about how technology makes fashion more personal, why NASA has a place in fashion conversations, the many meanings of the word sustainable, and how she risked it all to build her dream. The Scandinavian Mind podcast is a bi-weekly show about the intersection of lifestyle and technology. Every Wednesday we publish an in-depth interview with an innovator from the worlds of design, fashion, beauty, mobility or tech. And every Friday we publish a panel talk or other behind-the-scenes content from the world of Scandinavian Mind. Don't forget to sign up to our newsletter to stay updated on the latest news and learn about upcoming talks. Visit ScandinavianMind.com newsletter. Here now, my conversation with Jordana Guimarães. Enjoy. All right, so I'm here with Jordana Guimarães, co founder of Fashion Innovation. Thank you so much for speaking to me, Jordana.
1: Thank you so much for having
0: me. It's, uh, it's, it's such an awesome thing to have you on. I've been wanting to do it ever since we, we first met a few weeks back. Um, sometimes I feel like you're the sort of hardest working woman in, in, in conversation. In a way, you've, you've been doing sort of three major conferences, right? The past year yeah. uh, with Fashion Innovation um, and uh, it's also great okay. to get a little bit of a, a, a Florida light here uh, from, from still pretty gloomy wintery Stockholm.
1: Yeah, I know. And actually, funny enough, so from February 2020 to today, we've actually had five conferences.
0: It's five conferences. All right. So let's get into it. So for for anyone who doesn't know what Fashion Innovation is, just just give us the, the brief introduction. What do you want to accomplish with Fashion Innovation?
1: So, fashion ovation is really this platform. Um, we just actually—you guys are the first to know. I'm gonna give you guys a sneak peek that no one knows yet. But we just actually created our slogan. We never had a slogan. It was always just fashion ovation. Um, and finally, yesterday we came up with a slogan, which is gonna be "We feel." We feel. Mm-hmm. That's simply it. Um, and it really, that's what fashion ovation is. We feel. I feel that fashion needs to take away that. Exclusive, like, you know, I'm so like I'm bigger than you or I'm a bigger brand, and really all come together as an inclusive, uh, really, um, an inclusive collective um, to really start to feel one another on a human level so that decisions moving forward and how the fashion industry moves forward, whether you're speaking on technology, innovation, sustainability, entrepreneurship, but really bring it down to like a human level when it comes to those three angles of what fashion really represents together so that it really comes in a much more like fluid unison i don't know if that makes sense but really we build this platform to really focus again on those three key pillars tech sustainability entrepreneurship bringing in the global vision when it comes to those three pillars in fashion and talking about how can we collaborate more how can we allow access so that it's no longer this exclusive kind of bubble, but we allow people maybe to come in that are not necessarily in fashion to allow us to develop what we need for systemic change. So really, what th- that's what Fashion Innovation was built to do, and that's what we're trying to do.
0: Mm. So I noticed you, you mentioned technology first of those uh, three. and. Uh, of the the need for change how would you define the need for change within within fashion uh and and particularly with regards to technology
1: so i mean i think you know there's a lot of things so i don't believe when we speak of the future of anything that that means complete change Mm. it just means like that you know maybe we'll adapt to what we already have with change so um that's the first thing that i want to preface with and i think when it comes to technology you know obviously fashion you know when it comes to artisanal work and uh local brands and you know going into a shop and meeting the founder because it's a small owned brand all of those things i think are going to remain because it's a beautiful part of what fashion is and it really brings forth that creativity and the past and When You you can't lose the history of something if you want to continue on to the present. You have to kind of upkeep it in some way. So I'll preface it with that first. But when it comes to technology, I think that it's obvious that, you know, there's huge change happening already um, and there are changes that need to continue to happen. If we're going to remain, if we're going to stay with, let's say, Retail, for example, we need to adapt certain technologies to retail to make it something that's more of an experience. Like I think that people now, you know, I always say this, but I think in anything, anything that we do now, nowadays, anybody in the world, we're not only looking to do something, to just purchase something and walk away with it, and that's the end of it. We want to feel connected. We want to have an experience. We want to walk away with a story, with a memory, something that's going to last longer than just what we have in our body, and for that, you need technology, um, and that comes, I mean, many forms of tech, and I think maybe we'll go on to that as another question, but I think that technology plays a huge role in how we're going to innovate things such as retail, such as runway shows, such as buying wholesale. Technology has already... It's already playing a huge role, but for people that don't know, um, yeah, technology is, is a key component in change when it comes to fashion.
0: Right. And talk to me about the the community that, that you sort of encapsulate with, with the platform uh f- five conferences uh, many of them lasting several days with digital uh, uh conversations who are joining uh wh- what types of personalities uh, and people from the industry or perhaps with, with you know outside industry as well i'm, I'm curious uh, what's your reach yeah
1: so what's interesting is that when it comes to our speakers you already see a really wide range of people you have from like bella twins kokorosha ryan leslie To Susan Rockefeller, Ariel Sharnes, to Diane von Furstenberg, Kenneth Cole, to the United Nations, Fashion Trust Arabia, Indian Fashion Council, and all the way to VP of Google, founder of Shopify, partner at IBM Watson. So it's an extremely diverse group of people. And again, we do that purposely because until we have all of the voices coming together to speak of what are these innovations that need to happen and why is sustainability important? And how do we become more diverse as a world and all of those things, unless we have these diverse voices on stage, we can come up with those answers really in, in a way that's going to stick in a way that the whole world is going to follow. So because our speakers are so diverse, we see the same thing in our audience. And because we make all of our events free to anybody, Um, We have, you know, the high C-suites, the CEOs, the VPs and the founders of startup and scale up brands in the audience of fashion. We also have a lot of startup tech companies and the technologists that are looking to find out the pain points in the industry so that they can maybe say, hey, I'm not in fashion, but my technology can solve this pain point. And then we also have the end consumer because let's face it, if we're all doing all of these wonderful things, but the end consumer has no idea what's going on, they're going to keep going to Forever 21 or Zara to buy a white t-shirt because they don't know any better. And also we try to, you know, one thing we really try to do with our events is because we have such a broad range of Um, audience members, we always tell the speakers, just keep it to a human level, speak to people in a very conversational way, because if the end consumer starts to hear sustainability, blockchain, artificial intelligence, they're going to be like, I don't get it. They're going to shut off the screen and walk away. So, you know, we really have to start to talk to each other as, you know, just person to person um, so that everybody can understand what's going on. So that's what we try to do.
0: I, I find that super fascinating, and and I, I applaud the sort of the the range of it. But I I think also that it sort of defines the nature of the problem in a way because you have this industry that's um, you know basically this manufacturing industry, obviously design driven. It's about sort of uh, uh, you know design and trends and colors and everything. But then you have all these other industries sort of sort of looming around the corner or, or perhaps already are disrupting it or changing it in, in various different ways. Uh, so talk to me about that, the, the sort of importance of, of bringing people together from from different industries. Uh, I'm curious about that.
1: You know, it's so funny. I'm going to give you a very personal example of why it's so important. So my entire team at Fashion Innovation, not, none of us come from fashion. None of us. We had no idea about, I did PR, so I talked to press about how beautiful something was. I had no idea about anything when it comes to, I didn't even know truth, if I have to be completely transparent, three and a half years ago, I didn't even know what supply chain was. I had no idea. No idea. So <laughs> so with that, you look at like a group, so me, my husband, my husband even less. So you look at us as a team, and even who we've employed now. And now we have a team member. We have a team of about seven people. Hmm. None of us know. None of us come from fashion. And what's interesting is, in two and a half years since we, you know, launched this, we've already had 460 CEOs and founders. We have an audience now of over 100,000 people in 130 countries. And I feel like we are bringing together people that are really shaping up and kind of shaking up the industry in a way that hasn't really been seen before. And what's interesting is when we speak to—we just had a, a meeting when we were in Brazil, 2020, with Oscar Metz out of Ausklin, and he literally looked at us and we said, you know, why do you think like we're growing so fast? What's your thought? We like to hear outside voices. And he said, he said, I think the reason you guys are being so successful is because you don't come from fashion. Mm. None of you. So you came in with a fresh mind, with a fresh perspective. And because of that, you're able to see things that maybe people that are in it are not able to see because they're too far in it or they've Mm. done it for too long. So that's a prime example of why I think it's so important because you know, I came in not knowing. And when I started finding out, when I found out for the first time, what supply chain was, I was like, ah. <laughs> I was like, it's so simple. It's so simple. But you know, the way that people, like I've always seen it, hasn't been that simple, but now I look at it, it's a life cycle. Mm. And I took it as just a life cycle of when a baby is born to when they die from like going to college job. You look at the life cycle of like when you buy a piece of like, fruits when it like rots, like where it comes from, you know, where was the farmer like, so it's the same, but no one explains it like that. And so I think that that really like, and I think our transparency behind what I just told you and the fact that we're so honest about that, I think is even what draws these huge people to want to speak on our stage because they know that we're coming into it in a very genuine way and in a way that we really, we really want to touch people with fashion and we know there's a way. And we just think that less corporate and more human needs to come out in order for it to happen, even when speaking about technology. So it sounds crazy, maybe, but that's the full truth.
0: So do you have any more examples of of kind of meetings that you've uh, created and maybe ideas that have sparked in in your conferences between people from different areas? Any favorites? Yeah, so NASA. NASA
1: was a super interesting one. We had the directors of NASA at our very first conference. And I remember a ton of people, even today, when they're looking through a roster, they're like, NASA, how does that have to do anything with fashion? We get that all the time, even from brands. It's so funny because when they spoke at the summit, we had so many brands come to us and say, oh, my gosh, like, how did I not know that so many things that we use today comes from their technology and vice versa? And we saw, you know, like the partner at IBM, Watson, he was at our first event. Also, w- and he- Watson
0: is the uh, the uh, IBM uh, AI uh, computer. Yeah. right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And he was walking around and he actually spoke in the very beginning of the day and he stayed until the end of the conference. And we were actually surprised because usually people speak. They leave or they stay an hour. And he came to us at day and he said this was the most fascinating event I've been to. I have never even been invited to speak at an event this like diverse, but I learned more today than I've learned in many events that I've gone to that are very much industry. So, because they start to see that, you know, there is like Google, all of these companies, like if, and it's so funny because a lot of the very large brands that for me, it would be like common sense to them sometimes like, oh, of course, like, you know, this tech company, of course they can help the fashion industry. It's not that simple to them. It doesn't come that simple, like they don't think of it. And when they start to see it and they start to listen to what they're saying and they start to put it together with maybe things they're working on, that there's like a missing link when it comes to that innovation, they're like, oh, and it's so funny to think, but it really, I, I learned this. In this industry and doing fashion innovation, things that you think that is a common thing for someone to say, "aha," uh-huh, are not as common as you think to them. Not people don't know everything that you automatically assume they know.
0: So example.
1: Example. I don't want to throw like companies and friends, but you <laughs> 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 put me in a tough spot. <laughs> but I'll just say this: a lot of brands come to us and they say, "I want to." internationalize my e-commerce platform, big mm. brand. big brand. I want to go to more countries. Is there a tech company that can help me do that? Is there a solution provider? Because I have no idea where to find one. And that's interesting to us because, first of all, if you have an e-commerce platform, that's tech in itself, right? So, of course, there's going to be solution providers that will do that. And we've had a really, really big brand ask us that question, um, you know? And, and so we, we're we excited because we feel like we, now we get so many tech companies. I say like a dozen a day from literally all over the world. Like I have this solution and da da da, and this is so great. But it's funny because when we go to introduce them to a big brand, that fear, like who else has tried it? You know, like they always, they no one wants to be the first. I think that's a, that's, that's something that needs to change. Because if you are the first in trying something that you think could work, Hmm. I mean, the worst that could happen, okay, you tried something and failed. I mean, it's not gonna end your business. You're still a big brand that has you know, customer loyalty, but at least you tried and you could be that first person making headway. So I think that that's a big problem that tech companies have and that the big brands have. They don't wanna be the first, the tech company doesn't know how to get in, yet they have something really good to offer. So those are some of the things that we've experienced, just with conversations from both ends.
0: So let's talk about uh, the the second part is sustainability. Do you, do you feel like there's a a mutual sort of definition of the the challenges ahead, so to speak, in, in the world of fashion, or or do do brands and different players have like a different different perspective on it, or a different view, or is is yeah. is, is there is there something cohesive here?
1: So, everybody has a different meaning.
0: Everybody, right?
1: Like, when I go into Clubhouse now, which is something that I've been like dabbling with and just figuring it out, um, I feel like every room I go into, someone is saying something different. Mm. And also, everybody has different, like, if you throw a company, and this one I can throw out there because there is the controversy behind it, but Econel. You speak right. about it, you know, there are people that think it's the greatest thing when it comes to sustainability. And there are people that think that maybe they're even greenwashing because they're not doing enough and there, you know, there's so many different, so that, that shows you how there are so many definitions to it because different people think different things about the company. So, um, I, and I think what's interesting too, is like, if a brand says we're sustainable, a lot of people are like greenwashing, but maybe it's not because maybe their definition of sustainability in their minds makes them sustainable. Maybe, Mm -hmm. and they're also not saying we're fully sustainable. They're saying we're sustainable. If you say like uh, entire supply chain, all across the supply chain, we're sustainable, that's one thing. Okay, then, you know, people can, I think, but I think if you say we have a sustainability component to what we do, and it could be anything from the way they treat their employees to the fiber to, if it's recyclable to there's so many angles. Right. So I think that that is something that unless we come up with like a legislation in the government of what sustainability means to the world as like, or to like each country or something like, I think that people have to like calm down a little bit in terms of like attacking. And also I think, you know, and I also think that sustainability is an incremental thing. It's not justifiable and it's not, it's not realistic to think that a big brand, just because they're a big brand, they can just become sustainable. I mean, there's so much that comes to play, even from like the manufacturers having to, you know, to be sustainable, the price goes up and then they lose clients because some clients can't afford it. So there's so many things. So I think every step should be applauded. I think there are different meanings. I think don't be so quick to jump at greenwashing, figure out what is sustainable about the brand. And I think that, you know, sustainability is something that everybody wants to put into practice and slowly we're seeing it with the bigger brands and fast we're seeing it with people that are just born into sustainability but i think we all need to kind of like figure out how do we create this universal meaning and until then just do the best that we can that's honestly what i feel and i i, I i'm sure a sure. lot of people will maybe not agree with this but i'm just having a conversation but that's what i, that's what I yeah feel.
0: I I uh, I really subscribe to that notion as well. And I think it's it's so much about communications and definitions, right? And and I've I've started actually to think that the, the term um, greenwashing is it, it's not very useful. It's not very sort of um, uh, productive in a way because I mean I'm sure there are very clear horrendous examples of uh, you know a company. Uh, claiming something in an ad or something and and or, or and doing the opposite i'm like something that's super yeah. clear cut that but you well. know short of that any sort of um accusation to anyone about being greenwashing is is like kind of uh, to, to your point it's like if they're doing an effort that's Embettering their process or their the way they manufacture or or the way they, they source the material or treat their their employees or, or whatever in a way that should be applauded or at least it shouldn't be sort of shot down with this sort of uh, pretty sort of general term greenwashing i i yeah. heard in another um in a conversation I had on on, uh, on uh, Clubhouse as well, with, with uh, it was not in the fashion industry, but it was a different industry, but it was like a PR expert talking about uh, the term green hushing, which I hadn't heard before. It was just a, a few weeks ago uh, that companies are starting to become afraid of actually talking about their initiatives. Just, you know, because they don't want to be um, accused of being greenwashing because, you know, obviously, I guess any fashion brand it, it can't be defined as sustainable because you're using the yeah. world's resources. Right. Um, so I, I just, I just feel like the conversation should be on a different mm-hmm. level. And and th- this is just where I'm trying. I've, I've, I've noticed I've ended up here lately in my, in my thinking that the word greenwashing, we shouldn't really, what's the point of even having that conversation, right? Yeah, no, totally,
1: and I think that that's exactly it. Like I think, yeah, people, they're about to say something, they say something, they get bombarded with like negative feedback, they're Mm. gonna stop talking. And I think that, you know, no one, first, and I also think like in general, no one, everybody is allowed to have a voice, whether they're controversial, whether there's something being said negative about them, because I also feel that this, when something negative is said about someone in fashion, like everybody bans them. Like press doesn't wanna write about them because they're like, you know, because if they do, like people are gonna read it and be like, how dare you give them a voice or a space when they did this. And I think that's wrong because i think everybody like there's always a second story there's always a different side i think everybody deserves this like you know a, a platform to be able to share you know their voice their opinion this is what this is what like i think it's it's all like this it's a it's a full-rounded conversation and i totally agree with you on the greenwashing thing and i think that green hushing i like that and it makes sense um and you know and even like I'll go as like, I'm going to say something super contradictory right now, but I feel like I'm talking to a friend and it's fine because the way, like, I think even when you speak about, and I'm not saying that I, I'm not saying I'm for it. I'm not saying I'm against it. I'm just talking as a platform. Um, but I'm speaking about like fur, animal fur. Right. Okay? Um, so there's all these talk. like I listen to everybody's point of view. So I listened, I went to, a, um, um, a trade show where I met with the, the sustainability head at uh, Saga. And he explained to me how real fur is actually a lot more sustainable than faux fur and it's a lot better for the environment. And there was a whole board explanation on why real fur can be considered sustainable. Of course, like, I'm again, I'm not saying I'm for it. I'm not saying I'm against it. I just listen to all sides. Um, but then you have the fanatics that will like, you know, throw like red paint at you if you're wearing a fur coat. So you have these like, I think at the end of the day, everybody has to be listened to. Every point of view has to be taken into account because there is always some truth to every side of the story. So, you know, I'll just, and again, that was just an example, Mm -hmm. but I just like, you know, as a platform, I always listen to everybody. I don't shun anyone. And I learn from every single person that I talk to. And sometimes it can even like, Balance what I think about certain things. So, yeah.
0: yeah. What do you think about uh, the? Because I I think a lot about um, uh, that. This is a problem. It's a problem at scale, and also needs solutions at scale. And uh, I've used this example in my podcast before, but but you know it's it's very easy to sort of applaud a young upstart company with just a few employees that are sort of doing everything right, quote unquote, in terms of sustainability. Uh, and, and, you know, say, you know, point at that and saying that's the answer, right? Uh, and, and then just, you know, point fingers at, at the, the the big guys who are, are doing things at scale and fast fashion and so forth. But in a way, you know, if, if, if you define the problem as overproduction and, and, and you know, uh, Underuse and and you know a, a lack of recycling and all these things that have dramatic impact if you uh, address them at scale and if you can impact them at scale. Uh, where do you come out there? I'm curious because I'm I'm sure you have people from from all sort of all of all, all sides from a, from a scale perspective, but I'm specifically from from large corporations that can actually even though they can be considered the sort of culprits, but but they are are also the ones who can make the biggest impact if they make just incremental change to supply chains or or, or materials and and so forth.
1: Yeah. I think honestly they are look like I was just in a panel. It's so funny. So Tuesday, two days ago, Hmm. I was in a panel for the London School of Business and it was really interesting because it was me. It was Julia Bonazzi at at Econel and O'Polo at Global Brands Group. And then it was a tech Eon, Natasha Frank, who does amazing work with the technology. And what was really interesting is you saw, so Eno Polo at Global Brands, he, you know, they manufactured Juicy Couture, Calvin Klein, a lot of brands that are not sustainable. Um, and then you had obviously Echonell nil with what they do with sustainability. And when you heard both of them speak, Eno literally came off right off the bat and said, I'm the bad guy in this panel like nothing about what we do is sustainable. We're looking into how can we become more sustainable, but these are the issues when it came to like the manufacturing with like the prices being raised and losing customers. And so, but I think, I think even if the big brands aren't doing it yet, from what I've heard and from what I've spoken, even in private conversations with companies such as Global Brands Group and other really big, many companies that do a lot of the different parts of the supply chain, They do tell me, like, you know, we do want to change. We are looking to see how we can do that. And if we can find something that maybe won't be fully sustainable, but it could raise the price only by like a dollar and the customer loyalty is strong enough, we won't lose those clients. So we could start there. So I think like they are looking, you know, like they are trying. um, But I just think. As hard as we think it is for a big company to become sustainable, I think it's even harder than what we can imagine, just based on different feedback that I've gotten from different people across the supply chain when it comes to different brands. Um, so that's that's what I think, if that makes sense.
0: Let's, let's uh, back up just a little bit and get a different type of perspective. I'm... I'm, I'm I always find it interesting to to ask this question uh, and to see what kind of answers I get out of it. And and the question is why is fashion important?
1: Why is fashion important? Because I think fashion is what brings people together. I really do. I had a call recently with Izel Trudeau at Izel in Russia. And she literally said the only like Russia and the U S right now have a lot of they're not connected, right? There's a lot of issues, but she truly believes that fashion is the one thing that can bring us together as countries. So she's now looking to see how can we engage the American brands to come to Russia and vice versa. And we're working on this project together possibly. So, and that's something, you know, and this goes back to the point of our slogan, we feel, Because fashion is a feeling. Fashion is what everybody, at the end of the day, you can put two people together that don't speak the same language. They can point to each other's like outfit and be like, like you look beautiful. Everybody knows the word beautiful. Everybody knows the word love. Everybody knows it sounds super cheesy, but truthfully, fashion I think is what links people together. And it's the one thing that everybody can have an opinion on because whether you consider yourself to be fashionable or not, you wear clothes so, and you wear it in a certain like way that you like to wear it. So everybody's fashionable in their own right, in my mind. So that's what I think. I think it's really that link to everybody around the world.
0: That's super fascinating. And, and, and you know, if you take that definition, um, is fashion only clothes or can fashion be other things? Uh, digital things, for example.
1: So, yeah, I think now especially, yeah, it can be definitely other things. I think fashion is no longer just about what you're wearing, but it's a lifestyle. I think when I look at, like, fashion, like, if I see – if I go to a friend's house and she's dressed amazing and her living room, the way that she put things together is incredible and her skin looks incredible and she has, like, the latest, like, iPhone or watch, Apple watch or whatever, she's – the whole – I look at the whole – I don't just look at what the person is wearing, but I look at their environment. I look at, like, the technologies they're using. I look at their house. I look at their skin. I look at everything. And that's when I say, oh, my gosh, this person is so – I love the way that they're put together. It's not necessarily just of what they're wearing. So I think fashion has really become a lifestyle nowadays. Mm. It's no longer just about like this or what you're wearing like which you look really nice by the way but (laughs) but it's really about so much more you
0: know so that's what i think so uh, so taking it one step further do you think uh because you know my 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 listeners are probably sick of this example by now and i i promise i'm gonna stop pulling it up but i use my daughter as an example and she goes you know she comes home from school now in an hour she will jump on roblox or one of these digital platforms and she will meet her friends there and when she gets her allowance she wants to buy like digital skins and, and stuff for her avatars that and sounds- if you define fashion as something that communicates to the world around you or the people around you or your friends, you know, obviously that can be uh, fashion as well. And, and if she buys something digitally, which is sort of as a, you know, old school parent, that could sound like, you know, something that's why do you buy something that that. um That, uh, you know, doesn't exist. But from a sustainability perspective, that could be actually be the solution in a way, because we don't have to buy new things that are made out of plastic and and put strain on the on the environment. So where do you see sort of uh, the world of of digital goods or digital assets uh, going?
1: So funny. So I have. So I'll bring my daughter as an example. And it's so fun. I didn't ever even, actually, this is something you put in my mind now, which is so interesting what you just said. So I have a four-year-old who's like a 20-year-old. She's like way above her years. And she's super intelligent, not because she's my daughter, but it's crazy. just, she gets everything. So she takes my phone and she downloads all of these apps. And a lot of them, it's like she has a puppy on my phone. And she, and I pay every time she buys him food and puts like a little coat on him and like takes him to the groomer. And she does the same thing on a different app with like manicures where like, you know, for like she pays for each hand as she manicures and then they take a photo and then it's like judged by other people. And if she did a great job doing the manicure, she like, but you again, like you're paying for services, beauty, dogs, like different things. So I think, and it's crazy. She's four but she can take my phone, she can open the phone by herself. She knows how how to WhatsApp different people. She knows how to open the app. She knows how to now even, if she had my finger and my same like fingerprint, she could literally download games. She knows where to find the game. So it's crazy. She's yeah. like, a, like in my mind, I'm like, how? Like, when I was 16, I got a beeper and I could barely figure it out because that's what, I, you know, we didn't even have phones back when I was 16. So it's just really crazy. Like, and I think that that's like something that's really just going to get, and I can only imagine because she walks around a house now, like in different clothes, and she's like, I'm fashion, and she's four. So I imagine, like, you know, when when apps start to come around where she can actually, and I'm sure they're, they already exist. I just don't want to find them because, God forbid, I'll be, like, <laughs> spending all my money on these apps. But, like, I'm sure, you know, if she knows if there's, if there's like, clothes that she can buy to dress an avatar of herself, mm. she'll go ballistic. That's definitely the future for these kids, for, like, my babies, what I see now and mm. what I see moving towards. It's definitely,
0: yeah. Yeah, we've we've seen a few examples of. I mean, Balenciaga released their latest collection through a video game, and, and there are there are a few more examples of um, that we've written about in Scandinavian Mind about about sort of fashion using gaming platforms as a way to launch products. And you know, obviously, yeah. during the pandemic, I think brands have, have tried to look for any sort of digital uh, exciting digital way of, 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 of launching themselves. Uh, do you see this as well? And, or, or and I'm curious if it is something that, you know, you talk about in, in your, on your conferences.
1: Yeah. So we actually, we've gotten approached lately by a lot of people that have developed new collections or launched a new collection, all digital. So, um, and then it was like one of the first, like, Maybe like a few months ago, someone from India connected with us and asked me for a photo of myself. And then they dress me in like this digital clothing that they're creating for me to be able to post on social. So that I'm seeing a lot. I'm even seeing like marketplaces where they're reaching out to the brands that already exist to create digital collections to put in a marketplace, like an e-commerce platform, except it's all digital. Um, So that's something we're seeing a ton of and a ton of different brands and people interested in doing more and more. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that is like as much as there is like both sides of the coins or if if this is a positive or a negative, because of course we don't want everybody to be spending all their time digital and not face-to-face. I think like there has to be a balance. But I do see that, um, you know, again, just with my four year old and what you've talked about and what I've seen with brands doing now, I see that that's going to be a really big part of fashion, for sure. Hmm.
0: So, uh, also a little bit more for, for background. I'm curious, how, how did you get into this? You co-founded this platform with your, your husband. You're saying the team doesn't come from the world of fashion. So, yeah. how did this all started? Give us, give us a little bit of background of, of, of you guys and how you got into this.
1: Yeah, so I, um, so people is what drives me. I mean, I know it's not, every, I'm super cheesy. Deep down, I'm all about just this this conversation is like, it makes my, my life. Like I could do this all day long with everybody. Like I love talking to people about anything. Um, so really like my love for people, that's how I got into PR and everything like that. And my husband, he comes from entrepreneurship. He worked like with internationalizing entrepreneurs, mentorship for new entrepreneurs with the Uh, more seasoned entrepreneurs so entrepreneur is like his word I think it's his favorite word if we ever do something where we don't mention the word entrepreneur he goes nuts so (laughs) I think like you know two and a half years ago um, we were just like sitting down and you know I obviously being in PR for fashion I always had a love for fashion but more so the love for people and also social impact. I was always giving back to like make a wish, give bones, different organizations. So that was always like my loves and his love was always entrepreneurship. And not only that, but companies that would grow with an innovation component, something that differentiated them from the competition. So when he moved here from Brazil and that's like, Four, five years ago, his English wasn't there. And two and a half years ago, his English was still not good. Um, so he was like, You know, what do we do? Let's build something of our own. Maybe has fashion ever brought in like tech and entrepreneurship and created this like TED Talk type scenario where you mix those worlds together? And I'm like, No. He's like, I don't, I've never really seen one that I could think of. He's like, should we do one? Would it make sense? And I'm like, I think so. So literally, because both of us are people person, like, and, you know, we just started like cold emailing um, and cold emailing like Shopify, but we wouldn't cold email their team. We would just cold email the president of Shopify and be like, this is our idea. And we had nothing. We had no website. Our names weren't anywhere to be found on the internet like nothing. And what we did, which was so funny, like we created this list of like speakers that we would have at the event, but next to every single name was uh, to be, to be determined, to be determined, to be determined. <laughs> And that's what we would send people so they would get this list and they would be like oh so are all of these confirmed we're like no but we're inviting them you know we're inviting them to come and speak like we've invited you um and that really was what began every and everybody was like the first person that said yes was the president of shopify plus and when he said yes we're like crap it worked we really have to do it now <laughs> And then we just said, let's do it. Let's just see what what happens. And really, that was the beginning of our journey. And it was just again, it was all for just the love of really connecting to people in like Mm -hmm. a deeper level. Um, Yeah. So that's it.
0: And how do you how do you finance this stuff? You're saying it it it, it's not you're not charging people for to to uh, to consume this content. So how is this completely pro bono? How how does it work?
1: Yeah. So the first event we did two and a half years ago bootstrapped everything we had um, because no one really knew what we were going to do, even though they spoke or like, let's see what you guys are doing. Um, the second event, we started getting some interest from some sponsors, very small, very small. I would say until until the, all of 2019 was like super bootstrapped. And I have to be honest when I say like we actually went through a really um, really like big moment in our family life where we kind of had to let go of everything we literally like let go of our house our belongings like our whole life we like left behind we took our babies and we went to Brazil and we lived with my husband's mom just to get this business going because we lost everything everything wow. we and and this is something like I'm okay to say because I feel like a lot of people they're like you know this is going to I don't know, show weakness. But I think through that, we learned and grew so much. Um, But we didn't even, like, you know, have money to buy bread. Like, we had to ask his mom for money to buy bread. And my my husband was so embarrassed. It was for him, I mean, as a man, you know. Um, But I was okay with it because I knew our vision. I knew that we were going towards something. I knew we had the speakers already saying yes. Even though we were very small and the sponsors were still like, I don't know, we were like, let's just keep going. And even if we have to, like, you know, Really bootstrap and lose everything and restart all over again, but make our dream happen. We're going to make this happen. Um, And then we just like push forward. And we, of course, because we weren't spending anything, we were really able to whatever we did get in to really put towards the business. And February 2020 was the first event um, where we got UPS to sponsor. We were like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So now, you know, as a business, uh, really how we are a sustainable business, we're still not you know profiting but we're definitely like really close to it and we're, we're really you know still bootstrapping in many ways but we're growing a team with people that believe in us and they're charging us a lot less to work for us as they would for someone else because they're kind of, we give them equity we really involve people in our in what we're doing um and now i would say that we're you know, we were back in the U.S. We have our home again. We we got a bunch like we we get, we put our lives back together, and the business is still going. So. We're super fortunate and lucky and blessed. But at the same time, we're extremely tenacious. We're extremely driven. And we did everything it took and we continue to do everything it takes to build our vision. Um, But, yeah, our our source of revenue is all sponsorship. And that allows us to make it free for everyone to keep attending, even if it takes us longer to grow, you know, and do more.
0: Well, thank you for, 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 uh, uh, for sharing, sharing that and thank you for the transparency and congratulations on that journey. And, and I think it brings us to the sort of the last pillar that you, that you said you, you, you wanted to cover in the platform, which is entrepreneurship, right? So how is, why is that so important to, to bring about change, do you think?
1: So that's, it. I mean, prime example of what I just talked about, um, going to Brazil and bootstrapping Entrepreneurship is by far the hardest thing. If you decide to become an entrepreneur, you're literally like, it's like you're eating glass,
0: honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't I know it? (laughs)
1: It's, (laughs) It's the most difficult journey, I think. Yeah. But at the same time, it's the most beautiful baby that you're like raising, you know? It's like this thing that can impact so many people, you know, and I think entrepreneurs, they're the decision makers. They're the ones that if you create something that truly ha- will create impact and it truly will inspire and it truly will give back to community and that you can eventually hire people. I mean, in all senses of the word, becoming an entrepreneur and being tenacious in that dream can help achieve, can help actually other people's dreams come true. Mm. Um, and that could be in different things that you do. It doesn't have to be, you know, a not for profit. It's just in the way that you inspire, give back to your community and the way that you present yourself and the way that you treat your employees, et cetera, et cetera. So entrepreneurs, they're the ones that make visions come true. And so I think it's it's yeah, like I think, you know, if everybody in their own way has some entrepreneurial spirit in them, whether they're showing it through companies they're working for or doing it for their own companies. Um, but the entrepreneurial spirit, more so than just being an entrepreneur, I think is one of the most important things that everybody has to you know, figure out within themselves, because that's how we make change. We can't anymore wait for governments to make change and people in charge to make change. We're the change makers. Um, and even those, again, with the entrepreneurial spirit, they can just affect their community or those around them. And that's really why entrepreneurship is so important. So it's about changing the world for it really for the better.
0: And does that, you know, go for you just mentioned organizations and government. Does that go for government as well? Do you think there needs to be sort of an entrepreneurial approach in yeah. these larger organizations? And and if so, do you see some good examples of that?
1: So entrepreneurs, right, they're dreamers. We're all dreamers, right? Um, and I think in government, and I can't say exactly because I'm not too well-versed in government, but what I do see is that it's very rehearsed It's very say what you're supposed to say. It's very do what you're supposed to do. I don't know if there is enough room for people in government to dream. Should there be? Yes. Mm. Because dreaming is how maybe better things can come, you know, and can align themselves with what needs to happen for the world to change. We need change. The whole world needs change in different ways. Um, So, yeah and i can't say too i don't want to say too much about it again because i'm not you know honestly after i've seen so many so much devastation in government and i'm from brazil brazil is a place that's suffering really badly with that and has always suffered with that so um i eventually just said you know what i'm going to listen to what i have to listen to like there's COVID. i have to know that COVID exists <laughs> but do i have to know everything else that's going on no because i'm just going to frustrate myself so i'm just going to do what i can To make those around me inspired and to try to do my part in the world and listen to just what I have to listen to because I just got kind of uh, fed up, honestly, with the way that things work and the way that people treat each other. So, yeah, I can't say too much about it, but I can say just that people need to dream more. We need to give them more space to have that entrepreneurial type of way of thinking in order for real change to happen.
0: So d- talk to me about some of the next steps uh, that you are taking here how how do you see the this platform growing and and what are some of the sort of opportunities and and, and challenges I, I guess i mean you do this you've done now for a year the the events have been digital uh, you are also yeah. distributing this material on your website so where do you see your platform from growing from here so we're really
1: excited. Um, I can't say too much of some things that we'll close in the next month because we need to close them before I announce it, but I will say this. So because we create content for our platform and our events, and we have these speakers that we call them our fashion innovators and they're going to continue to grow as we do more events, we are going to start building out content to bring a global vision to the rest of the world. I'll say it in this broad term mm. um, so collaborating with other events other organizations to bring content that we have so they can enrich their designers in their parts of the world so that's one um two we are also going to start really figuring out how do we not only at the events but how do we continuously connect these <clears throat> these startup tech companies to the big brands and how do we get them to even test it out how do we become that connector almost like this dev type of opportunities um because we see a lot of that need and a lot of people coming to us proactively for that need um so that's something else and then um you know just obviously continue to do our events um and we were actually kind of in a we're still kind of figuring out we, we know that we need to hire more people to really scale. Um, that's the only thing, honestly, that we're missing to scale. We have the ideas, we have the visions, we know things that will work, but we need the team. Uh, so we were like, do we get an investor? Do we do a crowdfunding to involve community? Or do we just keep bringing, rolling out new products and with the money that comes in, just spend that and go slowly. But then there's always that fear that somebody come and, like, say, oh, I like what they're doing. I'm going to do it faster because I have the money and I can just pay everybody. So there's always, like, you know, that, that's where we're at right now as a company. But we have big, big – what you have seen is, like, a fraction of the big dream that we have. Um, it's just a matter now of bringing in the right team to get things done. So, So we're really excited
0: well i you know i as an entrepreneur myself with my own platform i, I certainly uh, understand that uh, sort of growth dilemma that you just uh, <laughs> you're just explaining but i will say this though i mean I, I even though there are other people that perhaps want to do something as uh, similar to what you're doing the the credibility is yours uh, Thank and you. the thing Thank that you, you build Well, but truly, I mean, the thing that you've built is is something, uh, you know, I know how hard it is to just, uh, you know, recruit speakers and get this thing, uh, you know, these types of talks happening. It's a lot of hard work and, and there's a lot of grit involved. So, just congratulations to that and c- congratulations to, to, to your success. And, and I, it's really been inspiring to, to, to watch, uh, across from, from the other side of the pond in a way.
1: Thank you. And I have to tell you, I would love like, and we're going to talk so much more. I love the work that you're doing with the Scandinavian mind. And honestly, I think there's so much room to like join forces and collaborate on certain things. So I think there's a lot to be talked about between you and I, but I think it's amazing the work that you're doing doing and just how much like you're, you're really um, like what you brought out of me today in this conversation. I don't I haven't talked about a lot of those things or even ever talked about them at all to people in public. Um, so you really evoke things out of people in a really nice conversational way. And that's what inspires. So you're super inspirational in the work that you do. So thank you so much.
0: Well, thank you. Maybe so. Maybe that's a good cue to to end the recording. There, we can continue the conversation uh, uh, afterwards. Uh, just uh, again, congratulations on, on fashion innovation. I, I I look forward to to continuing the, this conversation and following your journey, both uh, on your platform and on ours. Thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to the Scandinavian Mind podcast with me, Conrad Olson. This show was edited by Eric Sedin. If you liked what you heard, follow us on your preferred podcast app like Spotify or Apple Podcasts. To get the latest news, insights and invites to upcoming events, sign up to our newsletter. Just go to ScandinavianMind.com to become part of our movement.